again and welcome to episode 13 of In Gear with the Shop. I'm your host, Reagan Dickinson. Our guest is Trace Priblowitz. He's Facebook's head of business development, Automotive Aftermarket. And Trace is here to provide insight and tips on using the Facebook platform for your business. So without further ado, let's get In Gear with Trace. So Trace, Facebook's initiative in the automotive aftermarket, uh, when did that start and what was the impetus for it? So we started with cars uh, and vehicles, obviously, and uh, most recently launched what we call AIA ads, which are automotive inventory ads, which dynamically serve uh, the most compelling inventory right down to the VIN number to exactly the right audience at exactly the right time. Meaning so uh, your vehicles are shown to potential auto buyers, um, allowing, you know, the the marketer, the retailer to focus on closing the sale. Right. Again, just reinforcing that 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 seamless kind of, you know, frictionless buying experience. And for the aftermarket, it's really all about commerce. Um, And and when you think about this, you know, uh, commerce uh, has been accelerated in in e-commerce in in general has been accelerated in insane ways given the the current COVID climate, right? So, you know, COVID accelerated the e-commerce, I want to say, uh, we saw 10 years of of predicted growth packed into literally two months of this year. So when you're talking about like, you know, just just hyper transformation, that's happening in this business now. And, And based on, you know, COVID, we've got like, three pretty serious trends that have, that have emerged from that that are uh, highly impactful to the aftermarket business, which is, you know, we're seeing less foot traffic. People are spending less time in store. We're seeing more dependence on the web and the e-commerce solutions because of that. And then we're seeing a more, you know, a more dependence on privately owned vehicles versus public transit, which in turn creates more demand for product based on increased wear and tear. Yeah, right. Is there a marketplace available for aftermarket shops and how basically do they get started and use it? Yeah, so great question. And we know that that marketplaces in general are 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 super important and serve, you know, as incremental sales channels. So, you know, we've just recently worked ourselves into that space, right? So you, you may have heard of Facebook Marketplace, which again is mm-hmm. still relatively new and and, and currently um, really uh, is more of a, a consumer to consumer based uh, platform. Yeah. And um and and we've seen incredible success with that, right? So that is currently part of the, the broader Facebook ecosystem. Okay. Um, but I mean, I think the last public stat we released was that uh, there, there's 800 million users there monthly, and it's doing uh, incredibly well in the automotive space in terms of the sub-vertical included in that broader kind of ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's really still in its infancy. And so, uh, you know, the, the evolution of this space will be interesting to see as we, you know, uh, as it grows over time. But again, s- still very much more consumer-to-consumer based and, and consumer-to-consumer super focused. But we recently announced um, a new product called Facebook and Instagram Shops. Um, so uh, w- that, when you when you look at that, is more way much more of a, a business to consumer facing um, platform. And, and what's really incredible about the, that product is that uh, in shops you'll be able to connect with your customers through WhatsApp, Messenger, or Instagram uh, in terms of any type of customer support. And so, if you're a small shop, think about uh, you know the the opportunity to be able to upload all of your inventory to your page. And then think about an ecosystem where then you can, um, which isn't available now, but is soon to come, um, is being able to drive ads to that experience to bring people to your product in an ecosystem where, again, we know people are spending an overwhelming amount of time in eliminating that latency or, or any potential drop off in terms of having to, to have that person come back to your website to make a purchase. 
Okay. So what is the most effective way for small shops that don't have someone dedicated to digital marketing to use Facebook and Instagram to reach their customers or their potential customers? Right. Yeah, this is a great question and one that that I get asked frequently. And and I think the most uh, the most honest answer I can give here is is start small mm-hmm. and then think for scale. Right. Like all of our tools are free and a small shop can certainly build a robust presence on any of our platforms. And, and many small businesses begin with dedicating just, you know, a few hours a week or a small budget just to get their feet wet and understand our platform's capability. And, you know, over time, we've seen plenty of small businesses scale using this strategy. And then I, again, kind of I mentioned that earlier in terms of those three points, looking to a qualified third party agency partner to help take them to the next level. The most common rebuttal I hear for that is, you know, well, I can't justify the spend in terms of bringing these guys on. And and really, when you boil it down, the cost of these services are, are, are nominal when compared to the ROI that any marketer uh, will see these guys deliver. So these partners help small shop scales in ways they're unable to do on their own. And uh, they've also built relationships with Facebook reps over time and our teams. And they work closely with us to ensure that they're fully educated um, across our family of apps and services and, uh, and our tools, products, etc. They, they can also help expedite and eliminate obstacles one might encounter when you know running or setting up any campaigns or any of those things. So really thinking ultimately about scale and, and, and then how do we kind of take this to the next level, especially with uh, how fast our platforms and products are growing leaning towards these industry experts can help take you uh, a, a long way and, and for not much cost. Okay. What about those shops that are trying to cultivate uh, dealerships as customers? What are the best methods to reach that B2B audience? Yeah. Again, it's all about our, our, our audience, right? And, and our ability to target and how granular we can get and, yeah. and how, how well you know our platforms perform at the local level. You can do that very easily and, and you can start you know just a, a simple brand campaign for even $100 and, and you would be astonished at the amount of reach that would be capable just given that amount of, of advertising spend. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are the best practices for posting and maintaining a shop's Facebook and Instagram pages? Yeah, sure. So quality content can help increase engagement, obviously, right? You, you've got to have yeah. uh, something to stop the thumb. We call it thumb stopping creative. I mean, the average user uh, on, on Facebook scrolls the length of the Statue of Liberty every single day, right? So when you're thinking about someone going through that much content, you really got to give them a reason to stop and check things out, you know, and, and make it meaningful, right? Don't just check a box and certainly don't chase likes. You know, those days are, are totally over and the platform has evolved and the organic opportunity is certainly not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And then just review the data. Data and reporting helps you make the best decisions in terms of whether or not to deploy content, paying attention to when people are looking at your content and, and where the highest engagement is. You know, when you're reaching the most people and when they're spending the most time with your content, I, I think are things that can help inform a really um, thoughtful um, conversational calendar, if you will. Mm-hmm. Do you run into or have you noticed any um, shops that are doing a good job with that? You don't need to name anyone specifically, but maybe just kind of you've seen sure. that in action and kind of how they handle it. Yeah, it, 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 yeah there are actually. And, and I will say, listen, that, that organic opportunity um, certainly is not what it used to be. And um, and, and it, it really is when you're thinking about where you're spending your time and, and where you're, you're allocating your resources, the, the paid piece there is much more effective for obvious reasons, right? You're, sure. you're, you're, you're putting you know um, funds and resources into getting a message in front of someone where the organic opportunity is 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 not as as precise, right? So mm-hmm. uh, the really 
really quality uh, content that we see out there, the really good job of, of making sure that it's something relevant and or that it provides value gets the most engagement in terms of things that are posted organically. And so I would say uh, if you are going to be working on the organic piece, make sure you provide value. Make sure there's a value exchange there. It's working for you, but it's also working for them um, so that you're just not spinning your wheels and posting things for no reason. Okay. So what are some things to avoid? That would be one thing. Don't spin your wheels, right? But what specific things should they avoid? Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, back uh, offline, uh, you and I were talking about reviews, right? Yeah. And, um, and, and what can cultivate good reviews? I, I think it goes both ways, right? So quality content in reviews have to offer some type of value exchange, right? Like, what are what are you as the customer getting out of this content? I really don't care that you're hosting a barbecue for, for Labor Day. Come on down and, and grab a bite to eat, right? Like, those things don't make sense. But if you're telling me that uh, you've got a, a sale... Um, or that you're going to offer me some type of promotion for seeing this post to come into the store to get some type of product. I think that's a, a unique value exchange that prompts action, right? So when you think about it, especially too, from a reviews perspective, it, it, it's funny. No one, or generally speaking, no one's giving a review when they've received exceptional service, right? It's always that review that uh, is, is someone had a bad experience or a hard time um, with your product or, or your services, and then they write that review. But if you're offering folks Folks, you know, the, the opportunity for 25% off the next time they shop, if they wouldn't mind writing a review, I think um, that goes a long way in terms of getting somebody to, to actually sit down and, and be thoughtful about your brand, um, you know, or your service. And then the, and then the other piece there too is, is especially like during these, you know, COVID times, people are, are, are in it to help other people. People are recognizing that, um, you know, businesses and people are struggling. And I, I think now's a great opportunity to, to ask folks, you know, you know if they're thrilled, uh, you know, with your service, you know, help, help, you know, reward them. Right. And I think that's a great time to, to get somebody in, in the mix in terms of, of writing one of those reviews. Okay. What are some uh, overlooked tools on Facebook and Instagram that can help shops have a more effective presence? Yeah, again, I, I'd say spend less manpower focusing on organic and leverage the advertising opportunities. In, in fact, again, I, I mentioned 100 bucks earlier. Um, a $100 investment in a simple reach campaign will get you in front of tens of thousands of people. We, we absolutely, I mean, I put my name behind this. I promise you will, without question, see a return. And then show people, you know, give them a reason to understand why you're the best in the business, right? Where, you, where you're located, why they should buy from you. I mean, these are all things you can do. Uh, for a simple, you know, $100 spend in terms of getting word out and, and making sure the right people see that, that you're in business. Are, are there simple ways that a shop can tie their Facebook and Instagram pages to their website and make the whole digital experience or that online experience more seamless for their potential customers? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd say like, you know, before we even talk about our platform, I'd say first and foremost, it, it's really focusing on your own website. You know, most of these websites are severely outdated, super antiquated, you know, and I, I worked through this uh, with the dealer world uh, as we were, you know, building that business, um, mm -hmm. you know, over the over the years, too. And the one thing that I would always say to any given dealer is, you know, your your website is your digital showroom. Right. And it should reflect and should be as beautiful as the doors they walk into when they come onto your lot. And it was funny because most people don't, you know, or at the time didn't recognize that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's making sure that your experience is just as awesome online as it is offline. I would say it's uh, it's build for commerce, 
build for a frictionless experience. Make sure that the first thing you do is building for mobile. The the next piece there is is I would make sure that the website is pixeled. So we provide a pixel that is uh, the easy piece of code that any advertiser can place across their website, prompting um, you know it fires off that pixel and then lets folks know via Facebook, right? Like it gives them the ability for it gives us the ability then to retarget that person when they're on Facebook or Instagram with those products or with those services that you've had on your website, prompting them to get back down into the funnel. Uh, the pixel at the moment is absolute paramount in terms of, of making sure that uh, you, you're built for commerce and, and built for that uh, that frictionless experience. And in fact, I'd say it's 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 our lowest hanging fruit opportunity, right? So when you think about Facebook or Instagram, you know we've always been really discovery based, and and when you think about you know retargeting and the retargeting opportunity we offer on, on our platform, it, it's really our best intent based product um, that that works. Uh, absolutely um just incredibly well um can we get back a little bit to the the spend portion that we, we you mentioned it earlier you know that for a hundred bucks or so you can still reach you know ten thousand people is there for example if i'm in i'm in denver and i just want to hit a right. specific market within denver and i narrow down the demographics and audiences you know whatever whatever that target market is within that city is there a formula or some way that they can kind yeah. of gauge what their spend should be yeah, absolutely, and that's a great question, and um, and one that I think our, our platform will, will serve for you, right? So when you go into that ads manager and, and you're building those campaigns and you set those parameters, it will let you know what your audience is based on any parameters that you set, mm-hmm. and what the overall you know spend in terms of what your share of voice or share of audience will be. So you can build that on the fly as you go, and of course it's it's a biddable marketplace, right? So the ebbs and flows in terms of that cost per audience uh, is certainly going to be based on market. So market value for what any advertiser is spending to hit that audience at any time. And then I would also say too, I mean, you brought up a great point, you know, in terms of isolating a certain audience. I think you'll also be amazed at what you can do in terms of reaching broad audiences. So broad audiences on Facebook and allowing our machine learning um, to do the job for you. And and listen. It's it's one that uh, informs you as you go, right? So while you're building any campaign or any strategy or setting any objective, really, for that matter, across our, our apps and services, as you plan that campaign, it will help you understand what your share of reach um, or share of voice or share of audience is going to be as you build. So you had mentioned you know, earlier uh, talking about isolating a specific audience. As you do that, and as the system starts to recognize where those people are, it's going to give you a market price for what it will cost to reach those folks and how many of those folks are there, right? So henceforth, giving you an idea of what your share of voice or audience would be based on any amount of money you're going to spend on that campaign. And also, you know, I, I would really, uh, I would encourage people to to not only just to, to find and isolate those audiences, but also to trust our system, right? Our, our machine learning uh, across the platform is incredible in terms of being able to really reach broad audiences and really prospect and bring new customers to your business that you never thought you'd see before. So uh, again, it's it's twofold. One is, you know, try and test with those, those smaller audiences and, and then be try and test with uh, letting the machine do the work for you, right? Kind of that set it and forget it mentality. And uh, I think most advertisers would be really pleasantly surprised with what the machine learning would return for you. 
Okay. I think as you know, you're talking about the dealerships, obviously the dealerships have evolved over time as well. You've seen that evolution because y'all been working specifically with dealerships for a much longer time period than you have the automotive aftermarket. That's kind of where you started in the automotive. Do they seem to be embracing it a lot more um, universally than they were before? What's that kind of that timeline look like from the dealership standpoint? Yeah. So it was interesting. You know, our business, uh, it started at, uh, I'd say the tier one level at the OEM, the factory level. And, yeah. and we still have great relationships and teams working with the businesses there. And then um, at the tier two level, which is, you know, nationally uh, funded and regionally executed, we've got teams working uh, again with the factory there. And then um, the tier three level, the retail automotive level, we've seen just tremendous growth, right? And I think it's just like anything else, right? Like we're seeing this reemergence of, of kind of what we had experienced with the dealers, which was understanding first and foremost that their, their website was paramount and that it needed to be overhauled and that the time spent on the web was a real thing, right? Not just something they were hearing at conventions. So so that from that perspective, it's been great. Okay. Well, you know what the music means. Our time is up. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much. Have a wonderful weekend. And okay. again, appreciate it, Reagan. Yes, thank you. All right, take care. You too. Bye. Hey, don't forget that you can hear this episode as well as all past and future episodes on your favorite platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at our website, theshopmag.com. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, adios amigos. Adios.